Welcome to the Colonial Church STA podcast. The vision of Colonial Church is to build an exciting, vibrant, Bible-based church right here in the heart of St. Augustine, Florida. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. Ephesians chapter 3 is where we're going in the text this morning. I'm going to read from the message translation because I love the way it talks about God's secret plan. But hey, before I get into the Word of God, I just wanted to talk about essentials next week. It's really important. From time to time, I really stress the importance of certain things in church. Is that okay? As a pastor, some things are just important, so I feel like they need to be repeated or said again or emphasized. And so with essentials, it's really important that everyone in our church goes through essentials. If you didn't know, now you know. We want everyone to go through essentials. Why? Because, well, to be honest, it's a great refresher if you already are a Christian. If you're a new Christian, you're going to learn a whole lot. And not only that, but if you call Colonial home, if Colonial is your church, which we pray you would make you know, our, our church your church, that you would go to Essentials and you would understand what type of church we are, what we believe, what we stand for, what we feel like is important. And I think you'll be really blessed and really refreshed by going to Essentials. And I love that Jill said that. Even she sat through Essentials recently and loved it. And uh, Bob does an amazing job and our whole team does an amazing job. We also give you a gift. Everybody likes free stuff. We give you a gift uh, at Essentials for coming along, and it's just a great opportunity as well to be planted in the house of the Lord. Psalm 92 tells us, those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of our God. You can't flourish in any courts unless you're planted with other people, with other believers. Amen? Awesome. All right, who's, who's there in Ephesians chapter 3? In verse 7. I'm going to read it right now. In verse 7, it says this. This is my life work. Helping people understand and respond to this message. It came as a sheer gift to me, a real surprise. This is Paul speaking to his church in Ephesus, his beloved church in Ephesus. It says, God handling all the details. When it, come to, when it came to presenting the message to people who had no background in God's way, I was the least qualified of any of the available Christians. God saw to it that I was equipped, but you can be sure that it had nothing to do with my natural abilities. And so here I am preaching and writing about things that are way over my head. The inexhaustible riches and generosity of Christ. My task is to bring out in the open and make plain what God, who created all this in the first place, has been doing in the secret and behind the scenes All along. Who's thankful today that God is working behind the scenes? He's working behind the scenes for you and for me. And he goes on, he says, Though followers of Jesus like yourselves gathered in churches, this extraordinary plan of God is becoming known and talked about even among the angels. All this is proceeding along lines planned all along by God and then executed in Christ Jesus. When we trust in Him, we're free to say whatever needs to be said. Bold to go wherever we need to go. So don't let my present trouble on your behalf get you down. Be proud, he says. And this is the kicker. This is where he comes in and he lays it out. He says, my response, everybody say my response, is to get down on my knees before the Father. This magnificent Father who parcels out all of heaven and earth. I ask Him to strengthen you by His Spirit, not a brute strength, but a glorious inner strength. 
that Christ will live in you as you open the door and invite Him in. And I ask that with both feet planted firmly on love, you'll be able to take in with all the followers, that's all of us, all the followers of Jesus, the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. Reach out and experience the breadth. Test its lengths, plumb the depths, rise to the heights, live full lives, full in the fullness of God. Verse 20, my favorite verse in the whole Bible, maybe that's stretching it, but it's one of them, top three, says this, God can do anything, you know. God can do anything. Someone needs to hear that this morning. God can do anything, you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us. His Spirit deeply and gently within us. Glory to God in the church. Glory to God in the Messiah, in Jesus. Glory down all the generations, all through the millennia. Oh, yes. Who's grateful for that passage of Scripture right there? Every time I read it. Come on, let's give God some praise for His Word this morning. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank You for the power of Your Word. We say it every week. We thank you, God, for the power of your word. Thank you that it has power in our lives. Thank you that it's not like any other book on the shelf, that it's not like any book ever in history that's been published, but this is your living, breathing word. Thank you, Father, that you make it available to us. Lord, thank you that you allow us to consume it. Lord, thank you that you allow us to live by it. So, Father, I pray that, like every week, as we open your word, as we study it, as we consider it, as we take it in, that you would speak to us. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. And a whole church said together, Amen. Amen. Stay out of the doldrums this summer. That's what I've been preaching about. I've been preaching about the doldrums, which is a maritime term for five degrees to the south and five degrees to the north of the equator. And any maritime person, any sailor, especially before power vessels, knew that if you get anywhere near that area on earth, you're in trouble because there's no power, there's no waves, there's no wind, there's no ability to move. You just get stuck. And it's a great picture of the spiritual place that we can get in sometimes in the doldrums, in our spirit life, in our walk with God. Sometimes things can get a little flat. So I've been preaching about staying out of the doldrums in summer. And I started with a a, uh, a message about staying fresh. Stay fresh with the things of God. Keep it fresh on the inside. And then I talked about staying teachable. Then I talked about staying inspired. And today, who wants to hear what I've got next? Who wants to hear what I've got next? Who wants to hear what God has got next? More importantly, in Jesus' name, I want to speak this morning. I want to speak into your life about expectation. So the title of my message this morning is this, stay expectant, it's worth it. Stay expectant in your spiritual life, it's worth it. It's worth it to stay expectant. Expectation is an amazing thing in our lives. It's a funny thing. We all have various areas in our lives and with it comes expectation in all those areas. We have expectation in our relationships. We have expectation in our finances. We have expectation in our families. We have expectation in our jobs. We have all kinds of expectations in life. People have expectations of you. You go to your job for the first time, very first day. It's not like you just sit there and just chill out. No, there's expectations. There's things you've got to do. There's things that people are expecting 
of you. What you do believe is coming. That's what expectation is. What you believe is coming. What you believe is, is coming to you. What you expect to show up. Sometimes we can get caught off guard in life and we say things like, man, I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't expecting that to happen. See, that's the power of expectation. It can catch us off guard if we're not expecting it. That's the power of expectation in our lives. You know, in the Bible, it talks about it in a, in a funny way. It uses all through the New Testament, talks about expectation almost like pregnancy. I remember the first time that Jill told me that we were pregnant. And she'll tell you herself that it wasn't the euphoria moment I think she was expecting. <laughs> I, thought, I think I went a little pale. A little pale. We don't, hadn't been married that long, maybe a couple of years. And I'm thinking, man, we're going to travel the world. We're going to go to Europe. We're going to backpack. We're going to be free. And she tells me we're pregnant. And of course, I'm obviously excited on the inside, but on the outside, I wasn't showing it. <laughs> I think it, actually what I did was I, I needed to sit down and have a glass of water. And I think I just picked up my surfboard and left the house. I just was like, I need to think about this. I need to take some time and just take this in and just think about what this means. But it was funny after she announced to us that we're pregnant. And then it would be this thing where over time we would begin to say this thing, oh, we're expecting we're expecting something's coming in our lives. Something is coming. See, that's the power of expectation, friend, in your spiritual life. If you have faith-filled, God-filled, God-ordained expectation in your life, what you're saying to you and the world around you, and most importantly, your inner man, your inner spirit, is something is coming. Something in my life. God is going to do something in my life. I have expectation that God's going to move. I have expectation that He's going to do something wonderful in my life. Here's the thing about Ephesians. The context of Ephesians is this. Paul loved the church in Ephesus. He absolutely loved it. He spent many years in Ephesus. And if you look on the map, it's probably today where modern day Turkey is. But it's positioned in this part of Asia Minor. It was at the time. And it was this amazing bustling seaport. It was this, this place where commerce and tourism and people would come in literally from the sea and then would expand all over the place on land. It was a critical junction. And there was a reason that Paul was writing this letter to them because Rome was in charge. Rome was the overarching authority. Rome had sort of made sure that it was a place of peace and that things were in order and whatnot. But it was this amazing place for the gospel to spread. And the thing about what Paul is saying here to the church, which is sort of just trying to get on its feet, trying to spread, he's saying, yeah, this is a place that maybe once was about pagan worship, was maybe once about putting people down or making people submit to something and be lowly. But Paul is saying, no, have faith-filled expectation for the future. God is doing something in your life. You need to expect great things. And that's why he writes the letter. Faith-filled expectation is a state of being and a way of life for every believer who's in Christ Jesus. It's a state of being. It's a way of life. It's just a way that we should be. But too often Christians get to this place where the doldrums come along, whether it's a year, a couple of years, maybe 10 years, maybe 20 years. We find ourselves in the doldrums with our faith, with our spirit life, with our spiritual life, and we find ourselves no longer expecting too much. 
No longer thinking that God is going to do something powerful in our lives. God is going to move, that He's working in the background, but we actually need to live the opposite way. If you want to stay out of the doldrums in your life, can I encourage you, friend, have faith-filled expectation for God to move. Come on, let's give God some praise for the way He works. I want to give us this morning five ways that faith-filled expectation works in our lives. Who wants them? Faith-filled expectation and what it means. Because as every believer should have it, the first is this. When it comes to faith-filled expectation, I should expect that God can and will use me. I should expect. I shouldn't question it. See, the enemy will want you to doubt it, question it, think about it, ponder on it. But we should just have a flat-out expectation that God can and God will use me. He can and He will use me. It's a powerful declaration. Look at the passage again. It says, I ask Him to strengthen you by His Spirit. Not a brute strength, but a glorious inner strength. Listen to it. That Christ will live in you as you open the door and invite Him in. But here's the catch. Put it up on the screen. What it says next. As you open the door and invite Him in. See, God can and God will use you, but there's a catch. It's called free will. Do you get that? There's a catch. It's called free will. That's the beauty about the God we serve. He's such a gentleman. This is the way it was put to me one time. He's such a gentleman. He's not going to reach into your life and force his way in. It's a glorious inner strength, Paul says. There's a catch. You've got to invite him in. That Christ will live in you. An expectation that he can and he will use me. That He can and He will use me in my sphere of influence, in the place that He's put me. Come on, am I preaching to anyone this morning? In the place that I find myself, no matter what it is, no matter what the job looks like, no matter what the family situation is, no matter what the church looks like, God can and He will use me. See, some people say that's arrogance, and I disagree. It's your birthright. It's who you are. It's your DNA as a believer. It's what it is all about. I should expect that God can and He will use me. The Bible tells us this, that He takes us from glory to glory and strength to strength. Glory to glory and strength to strength. See, this is the thing about that, is it's not standing still. It's an expectation that He takes me from glory to glory, from here to there, from somewhere to somewhere better in Jesus' name, from strength to strength as well. Number two, about faith-filled expectation is this. I should expect that I have my own unique calling. My own unique calling in life. I love what it says in the passage. It says, my response is to get down on my knees before the Father. What a beautiful posture. What a beautiful picture. Get down on my knees. But listen to what he says about God. He says, this magnificent Father who parcels out all of heaven and earth. All of heaven and earth. I love the wording, parcels it out. He's organized it. He's put it in. God is a God of order. He's put it in place and you have your place. You have your unique calling. I love it. You have your own piece of the pie, your own part in the puzzle, your own chapter in the book. And it's not the appendix. It's your own chapter. And yes, the book is big, but you have your own chapter. You have your own unique calling in life. And that's the expectation that we should have as believers. We have our own role to play. It's not a cameo. It's a major role. 
I have my own specific part of God's plan. Maybe you are a new Christian in our church. Can I just encourage you? God has a unique plan for you. God has a unique plan for your life. He has a unique calling. It's just for you. It's custom made. You cannot carbon copy it. You cannot copy and paste it to someone else. It's yours. It's your custom made calling. You know that you can't uncall yourself. You know when God calls you, that's kind of it. And I love that. It's not like, it's not like we can sort of unwind it. Or we can move it backwards, or we can sort of go to the counter, you know, the customer service desk and say, God, look, I know you've called me, but, you know, I'm just not ready. It's not really feeling it. Can you uncall me? Just cancel, just cancel it out. Just cancel it. No, no, no. That's not the way the call of God works on your life. I've talked a lot about myself and uh, from the platform with the corporate world and business in my 20s, and that's where I was. But I felt a very strong sense to ministry in my early 20s. And I've talked about the corporate world. I've talked about how God has used me and he definitely did bless that season and bless that time. But I felt that call in my early 20s and I resisted it. I turned the other way. I said, no, God, I can't do this. This is scary. I don't want to do that. I don't want to go to Bible college right now. I want to go into the business world. I'm going to go this way. But I felt that strong sense of God's call to ministry. Now the joke is on me. Here I am, 36 years of age, on the other side of, a world, of the world in a place, in a city where people where I'm come from, who have never even heard of where we live now, and I'm the lead pastor of a church. That's the thing about the unique calling of God on your life. You should have expectation. You have your own unique calling. And no matter what, you cannot uncall yourself. God has called you to His holy work. God has called you to His purpose, and we all have one. I should expect that I have my own unique calling in life. If you jump back one chapter in Ephesians chapter 2, in verse 10, I love what Paul says. He says, for we are his workmanship. We are his workmanship created in Christ for good works. So he gives us our identity and then he gives us our calling. He gives us our identity. He says, we are his workmanship. This is a God who created the heavens and the earth where His workmanship created for, in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. How great an expectation we can have to walk in the call of God on our lives. And I just love that it says that we should walk in them. Because to me, walking is easy. Do you hear me, friend? Walking is actually easy. It's not complicated. He says we should walk out our calling. We should walk out what we have. I love the, the word walk in them or the words walk in them. Look at these passages in Psalm 37 verse 23 in the ESV. It says the steps of a man, the walk, the steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way. Jeremiah 10 and verse 23 says, I know, O Lord, that a man's way is not his own. No one who walks directs his own steps. Your unique calling as you walk it out each step. Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 9 in the New King James says, A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. When it comes to your unique calling, you can have faith and you can have confidence and you can have expectation today that every single step that you take, every single step is ordered by the Lord. Every single step in your unique calling, He has already made a way for. He knows the step you're going to take, and you can take it with confidence and faith. Yeah. 
expectation that I have my own unique calling in life. What a fuel for your own expectation, knowing that every single step God has ordered, He's established, He's set before you. Every single step, that to me, that gives the mundane so much purpose. That gives the everyday so much purpose. You take that step towards your car to go into your job. You take that step to, to go to the pickup line. You go, take that step to go to what you've been doing every single day. You take every single step has calling and has purpose in Jesus' name. Number three, is this helping anyone this morning? Number three about faith-filled expectation is this. I should expect my life to be filled with purpose. Purpose in my everyday. There is purpose in knowing that tomorrow is a new day. Every single day is filled with purpose when it comes to faith-filled expectation. I love what it says in verse 20. I love the way it phrases it in the message. It says, God can do anything, you know. I love that. Maybe someone in here just needs to hear that. God can do anything, you know. Tomorrow when you wake up and maybe there's despair on your life, maybe there's just anguish, maybe there's this sense, I don't have expectation for the future. You just need to utter those words to yourself. God can do anything, you know. God can do anything in my life, you know. You might be going through the fight of your life right now. But let me encourage you that faithful expectation tells you the very best is ahead. The very best is ahead of you in Jesus' name. Psalm 30 and verse 5 says his anger is but for a moment. His favor is for life. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Come on, church. Who's grateful for that psalm this morning? Joy comes in the morning. Tomorrow is a new day. Every day is filled with purpose. Number four, I should expect my life to be filled with supernatural possibility. Supernatural possibility. See, expectation is a beautiful thing. Faith is an amazing thing. But let me, let me encourage you, friends. The Holy Spirit is amazing. The Holy Spirit, supernatural in your life. The possibilities that come with having the supernatural overlay in your life. See, there's always a natural conversation happening. There's always a natural conversation going on. There's always a message that's being transmitted naturally. But can I encourage you, the real, the real uh, communication line is what's happening in the spiritual realm, the supernatural realm. When you have expectation for God to move, when you have expectation that God is doing something with your life, all of a sudden the supernatural possibility comes in and God can do anything, you know. I love it. I love thinking about the supernatural at work in my life. I love thinking that every single day I can wake up with faith-filled expectation and say, God, what are you going to do in the supernatural today? What's going to shift in the heavenlies today? What's going to change in my life today in the supernatural realm? Come on. Greater is He that lives in me. Great is the Holy Spirit's impact in your life. We should never underestimate what the Holy Spirit is doing. And only on the other side will we understand truly how much the Holy Spirit has accomplished on our behalf and how much the Holy Spirit has moved in our lives. But we should never, ever play it down. It's a question that I ask myself consistently. What am I expecting in the supernatural today? What am I expecting in the supernatural today? What boardroom meeting could you walk in tomorrow knowing that the supernatural power of God, the Spirit of God has already gone into that room? 
What are you expecting when you walk into the doctors to speak to that doctor? Are you expecting that the supernatural power of God has already gone into that room? Do you have expectations that God's supernatural power has already gone ahead of you? Because that's what it is. That's what it's about. It's amazing. The supernatural possibility is a wonderful thing. I love what it says in the passage. It says this. When it came to presenting the message to people who had no background in God's way, speaking, of, speaking about the Gentiles, speaking of the people who had no birthright at the time, that were being offered salvation, said, I was the least qualified of any of the available Christians. But look at it. It says, God saw to it that I was equipped. I love this. But you can be sure it had nothing to do with my natural abilities. So if we can be sure, if Paul can tell us that it's got nothing to do with our natural abilities, how much more can we be sure that it's got everything to do with God's supernatural ability? It's got everything to do with what God can do in the supernatural realm and nothing to do with what we do in the natural now, don't, don't forget, there are things that we can do. I believe as Christians, we can partner with the supernatural in the natural. We can make moves in the natural that partner with what God is doing in the supernatural. But there's supernatural possibility in our lives. Let's be expecting. Let's be the type of Christians. Let's be the type of church that believe for the supernatural work. Believe for God to do something incredible in the supernatural. People will tell you when you're planning a church, man, it's tough. People will tell you, man, in the natural it's a grind. People will tell you, oh man, if you want to step up to the next level, man, it's going to be hard. But this is what I say. I say, well, I have the supernatural power of God. I have the supernatural power of God working in my life that's flowing into our church. So when you think about it, it's got nothing to do with my natural abilities. It's got nothing to do with what I can do in the natural. Come on, let's give God some praise for His supernatural power in this place and for our church. Think about the future. You can get lost in your own natural abilities. But what if we put our faith-filled expectation in the supernatural? That's a whole other message for another time. Personally, I, nev I have like never before wanted to see the supernatural at work in my life. And the thing about it is it's always working. God's always working behind the scenes. Romans 8 talks about the supernatural in our lives, a supernatural expectation. It says this, For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do. By sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and sin, He condemned sin in the flesh, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. But look at this. Who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set your mind on the flesh is death, but to set your mind on the Spirit is life and is peace. See, I can expect, I can be sure, I can set my mind to expect what the Spirit is doing. To expect that the Spirit is at work. See, Paul is tell, he's telling us in Romans, he's saying, set your mind to it. It's like setting a clock. It's like setting a timer. It's like setting the, uh, the system you have at home. It's like pre-setting it and saying, I'm going to set my mind on what the Spirit is doing. I'm not going to focus on what the flesh is doing. And then he goes on in Romans 8, 28. We've all heard this verse before. And we know that those who love God, all things work together. All things work together, the supernatural and the natural. All things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. So what is he saying? We know, we can be sure, and we can expect. 
we can expect. Faith-filled expectation is that we know, that we can be sure, that we can be expectant in Jesus' name. And number five, as my very tall keyboard player comes back up. Number five, I should expect my life to get better and better. You talk about faith-filled expectation, I just want to dumb it down for us. I should just expect that my life gets better and better and better and better. Are you getting the picture? And better and better and better and better. I'm running out of stage and better and better and better. My life can just get better. Yeah, there's challenges. Yeah, there's things that come my way. Yeah, there's obstacles that show up from time to time. But this is the thing about faith-filled expectation, friend. When we have faith in Christ, when we are in Christ, we are His workmanship. The Spirit is at work in our lives. The supernatural possibility is there. Our lives will get better and better and better. Who's thankful today for God who makes our lives go from glory to glory and strength to strength? Faith-filled expectation far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in other translations it uses the words exceeding abundant above exceeding which is what to go further than ever possible how far do you think God can go in your life how far do you think God can take you in your life how open are you to supernatural possibility? for Him to take you further than you ever have gone before. But not just further than that, further than you could ever come up with in your mind, further than you could ever dream up on your own. And then it uses the word abundant, which is to expect that God's abundance will overflow in my life. My blessing is what I'm talking about. That's not prosperity preaching, by the way. It's not just isolated to people's finances. See, that's what the enemy's tried to do. He said, oh man, this is just prosperity preaching. But the enemy is great at warping things. He's great at twisting things. When a great move of God happens in the church around the world, he loves to grab a hold of it, twist it, make it weird. But when it comes to the abundance in your life, expectation that there will be abundance flowing through my life, all the way through, through my relationships, through my life, through my, my interactions with people in work, through my, my relationship with my kids, through my friendships, an abundance in my friendships and above. My world should grow larger, not smaller. My relationships should get deeper, not more shallow. My view out to everything that God has for me should be wider in Jesus' name should not be a smaller view, but should be an expansive view. My God lens should grow. It should get more and more expansive. My life should just get better and better and better. What are you expecting today, church? Come on, let's stand to your feet. Let's believe for God to do more. Let's expect Him to move. You know, the best example I can come up with today is this when it comes to my marriage. It just gets better and better and better. My marriage gets better and better. Jill and I have a relationship now that goes beyond 12 years. But when we met, our relationship was shallow. We didn't know each other. There wasn't any depth to it. 
There wasn't a whole lot of breadth to it. We hadn't seen God do much at all, but as we've walked with God, as we've had faith-filled expectation in our marriage, I can tell you, friends, today that it just gets better. And it just gets better, but God's not done yet. So I don't sit here at 12 years of marriage with my own wife and think that's it. I actually go the opposite way and say, wow, what could God do? If it's this good now, what's it going to be like next year? What's it going to be like in a decade from now? What's it going to be like when we're really old? It just gets better and better and better. This is how the Scripture describes it in Ephesians. It says, I ask that with both feet planted firmly on love. There's a key for you. You'll be able to take in with all the followers of Jesus the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. Reach out and experience the breath. Test its length. <laughs> Rise to the heights. But listen to it. It says, live full lives. Full in the fullness of God. I wonder if you have expectation today that you can live a full life. That God can not only take your full life now, but make it even deeper. Make it even better. Bring more in, more blessing, more abundance, more supernatural possibility to see incredible things take place. See, it doesn't matter how old you are in this place or how young you are in this place. Faith-filled expectation is for everyone. Faith-filled expectation is for every single person person. Faith-filled expectation is for a lifetime. You want to put the picture up for me? I wanted this picture up at the end of my message today because when we we're in Hillsong London and this, this whole week, I stared at this picture all week. They had it up on the screen the whole week. And as I was meditating on this passage, as I was meditating on this word and I was asking God, man, faith-filled expectation in what you can do, Lord. For a lifetime. See, the thing about Mother Teresa and all that she accomplished, what I love about this picture more than anything is that she's near the end of her life, but she has faith-filled expectation looking at that child, that that child can be amazing, that things can change in their life, that things will, will be different, that they will grow up and have love and have faith and have Jesus and have all the good things that they should have. See, even at that age, after everything that she'd seen, good and bad, she still had faith-filled expectation. She had faith that God could do amazing, exceeding, abundant, and above. So my question to us today, church, is this. What are you expecting? I hazard a guess, but we're all not maybe this old yet. But what could God do if we decided today that we had faith-filled expectation for God to do over and above, even more, the exceeding, abundant and above. Can I pray for you? Lord, we just thank you, Father, that you are the God of the exceeding, abundant and above. Father, I just pray right now, Lord, for anyone in this place, Father, that needed to hear this message this morning. I pray we all do. It's something we all need to be reminded of, Father, that you can do anything. But as we trust in you, Father, as we give you our lives, Lord, as we walk in our unique calling that you have for us. Thank you that it's custom made. Thank you that it's just for us. Thank you that there's nobody else that can take it from us. It doesn't fit anywhere else, but only in our lives. Father, I pray for people's expectation 
this morning. Father, I pray that you would begin to show, reveal things and show them things, Lord. Show people what you have for them, Lord. Tell them that there is more, that you have, you have so many things ahead for them, God. Father, thank you for the supernatural possibility in our lives. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We would love to connect with you. Join us on Sundays at church or visit us at www.colonialchurch.life.